Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. I'd like to welcome you to this podcast where we are trying to help you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And welcome to the new year. This is our uh, first official podcast of 2023. And 2022 was a great year. We had over 33,000 downloads or something, which isn't very much for some of the big boys, but for us, a small little church and us four, right? Yeah. Not yeah. too bad for us, right? Let's do it. Pretty exciting. So God's continued to expand our reach, and we thank you for that. We thank you for sharing the podcast and liking it and writing reviews. And I know every podcast tells you to do that, but those of you that do, we really appreciate it because it does help us. You know, helps the old algorithm, yep. helps us get found by other people. But mainly, this podcast is to help our church, Sacred City Church, follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. One of the things I wanted to do today, first off, gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Go ahead and introduce yourself. How's it going? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Kevin Kinnor, Pastoral Assistant. And this is Rob Spikeser, Pastor of Discipleship. All right. Well, what I want to do today is um, one of our identities at Sacred City is that of a learner. Yeah. That's what it means to be a disciple. We're constantly learning, constantly uh, reading, studying, following Jesus, changing opinions, changing our minds. You know, that's what sanctifi- part of what sanctification looks like. And so we're learners, and we, we try to read. Um, read a lot, I hope. So let's go around, and a uh, couple things. Number one, share briefly, if you have a number, about how many books you read. I know I wasn't telling you guys that. Or if you don't, that's fine. You don't, a lot of, Some people don't keep track. Some people do. Or maybe if you have a goal to read a certain amount of books or to read a certain book or something like that, if you've got any reading goals in the new year. But the main thing we're getting to on this podcast is your best books of 2022. Mm. Now, Kevin, all right, top three. Top okay. three, but oh. I brought four. See, I... <laughs> I mean, two of them are a good five. <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> Listen, to be fair, the big ones go together. Okay. Right. That's part one, So, part so that's one. That's one book. Yeah, is what that's you're one saying. book. It's basically one book. So okay. he got three. Okay. He got it's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit over here. Kind of like Ezra Nehemiah. It's like Ezra Nehemiah. You know? It's really one book, but we can kind of see. Um, no, I didn't want to... I don't want this to be a two-hour-long podcast. Um, so let's limit to whatever. If you top four, top five, something like that. I think I only wrote down... Um, I I only wrote down four, and mine I can get get through pretty quick. But that's what we want to best books of 2022. Um, tell us what they are. Tell us a little summary of it, why you'd recommend it, and then uh, hopefully somebody on the podcast will hear that and uh, go out and buy it. Mm-hmm. All right. So Rob, why don't you oh. why don't you start us out? We'll put you on the hot seat put first. Put me man. in the hot seat, huh? All right. Well, my uh, boy, that's hard. Top top three. That's that's tough. I don't know how many I read this last year. Uh, my, I, I'm trying to do a better job of, one, making sure I put down what I have read and a quick summary so that I can kind of reflect back on it and do the very thing that we're doing, which is to uh, you know, be able to share with yeah. others. So, But I will tell you, um, one that actually Alex and I have been working through is The Christ of the Covenants by O. Palmer Robinson. Yeah. And actually, O. Palmer Robinson, the reason I kind of was dr- uh, drawn towards him is that he was the one in whom I drew upon in terms of the summer series of Psalms. He had a really great uh, commentary on the, on the Psalms. And so I was drawn to him because of that. But also because um, I would say uh, why this was so impacting for me is I come from a dispensational background. That's what I I grew up in a church that I didn't know was dispensational, but that's exactly what I, I came. You know, that's that's 
the church I came from. And then when I went to seminary, I went to a seminary that was uh, uh, dispensational. And again, I didn't really understand fully what that all meant. And so I just kind of took it all in. And, and uh, you know, that's one way of looking at how we can structure Scripture and how we can understand the continuity of Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But they had mentioned something about covenants in my at seminary. They said there's this other way of looking at the continuity of Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the covenants, uh, covenantal theology. But I never had really any formal training in that. And so uh, I have slowly have gotten little pieces and parts and you know of what covenantal theology is about but really never had a good um, understanding of as I was describing for Alex last week as we were talking about this a little bit of uh, that I feel like the the uh, the covenants is like the spinal cord to all of scripture meaning that everything seems yeah. to kind of come off of that all the effects of, of, of that comes out of the fact of, of the covenants is um, comes out of that that spinal cord. But I never really had read one book that kind of helped me to understand all the covenants and how they all fit together. Mm -hmm. And I got done with this and I just, I mean, I had probably about 10 aha moments. Like, oh, so that's why I believe what I believe. (laughs) So I was actually taking these other, what I would call, you know, parts parts of what I believe and it was, it brought it all together. And so I would, it was just, for me personally, it was just this aha moment of seeing this is how it all comes together. And uh, so I just love the covenants. I love covenantal theology. It makes, it's helped me to make sense of my faith and how that looks day to day in Mm. terms of my relationship to my own children and my my family. And uh, and so I think understanding covenantal theology really is helpful just to the day to day. So that was a that was just I, a I great, would second great that. I, I love that book. Um, I think it's outstanding. So anyone who wants to study um, covenantal theology, I would yeah. say that's the first book you should pick up. Yeah, o. Paul sure. Robinson. Good stuff. Yeah. Does a good job of uh, making it uh, accessible. Then uh, Francis Schaefer, I just got done with this one just at the end of 22. So this comes on and that is a Christian manifesto. And he, uh, Francis Schaefer, when he, he wrote this in 1981, uh, I was a sophomore in high school. I knew and heard of Francis Schaefer generally just being a Christian, but I didn't know anything what he had to say. I really wasn't at that time, of course, as a high schooler, really all that interested in these things. However, and so I've always wanted to read, I've always wanted to read his stuff. And uh, I decided I'm going to pick this one up. And it came out of a podcast uh, that uh, we've been listening to. Um, what is that? Christ Overall? Yeah, Christ like Overall. Christ Overall. They were, they were doing a whole month on this. I thought, okay, great. Here's my introduction. I'll read Christian Manifesto. And uh, I will listen to what they have to say about it. And just a trem- you know, amazing what he anticipated. And in 1980s, he was anticipating that if we don't uh, really get about understanding the summation of what's going on in our world, and that is the the the, the, the Christian worldview or the lack of worldview that we have with uh, in terms of our understanding of our worldview, that it's going to lead to what we're experiencing today. Yeah. And and so that was so reading this a tyrannical government. Yes. I mean, he, he, could, yeah, yeah. he could see he it. He gets it right down to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's outstanding. Yeah. So it was, uh, again, he, he writes it in a way that is very easy to understand worldview, and he talks about worldview and the importance of getting at and understanding our worldview and, and the implications it has um, of really having a Christian worldview. So that was that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun to get my, my first uh, 
first steps in there. You know, another one, I don't have it with me, but I'm going to just, so, so that this doesn't sound like I just read theological books, uh, which is not a bad thing, by the way. Uh, this one was really good. Um, and it was about the, um, uh, this is called Empire of the Summer Moon. Oh, Empire of the Summer Moon. And it's about the Comanches. Oh, I love it. I, I had it. no idea. So I, I, I... Killer. Yeah, it's... Violent. It, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, and what I appreciated about it is, one, it helps you to understand kind of the, 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 our, our country before it had been, in a sense, tamed, if you will. Uh, but it particularly helped me understand... Uh, if, you the want, if you believe the lie of the noble savage... Yes. And you want to get completely black-pilled, yeah. you need to listen to Empire of the Sun. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's about the Comanches. I had no idea that they were such a great, a great nation, if you will, a great uh, American Indian nation. Uh, they were fierce. Uh, it does really get... It breaks through this idea that somehow, you know... As you said, the noble savage is somehow they were a noble group of people who, who had high ideals. They had some high ideals. Man, were they wicked! Yeah, conquering they, the weak. That's yeah. their, one of their high ideals. One of their <laughs> ideals, right? They came up with some of the most gruesome yes. ways to torture and kill people. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. They, and th it was ugly. There's a reason calling someone a savage uh, wasn't just meant to be a, like a derogatory term about their skin color or the. It yeah. was because they were savages. Yeah, yeah. Like, they uh, settled things with violence. Yeah, mm. exactly, yeah. So it was just a good perspective builder, you know, to kind of understand, okay, you know, we probably should question some of these things that get presented to us as if somehow we were, as a country or as a nation, as, as we came in with, really, with the gospel into these places uh, so often that gets uh, downridden and, you know, as if we were stealing from Native Americans, uh, stealing from something that was better and pretty much shows us, boy, if you don't have Christ, you do have chaos and they yeah, yeah, had yeah. chaos. Oh my goodness. So there you go. Those, those are three of many, but good. I'll pass it on. Cool. Yep. All right. That's good. Um, well, I, I've already mentioned in a podcast previous my actual my, my best book of, of uh, 2022. So one of the things that I do is I use a little app on my phone called Goodreads. Yes. And that just helps me keep track of what I'm reading and what I've read. And yeah. I can go back and because sometimes I'll even forget I've read a book and then I'll go back. Oh, no, I actually read that in 2019 or something like yeah. that. So I keep track. So I had a goal. Um, I, I just had a mo what I would say is more of a modest goal. I wanted to read 52 books last year and um, because I was working through some hefty ones. I read The City of God, which is, you know, a thousand pages <laughs> or, or more. Um, so I read 56 books last year, 57. I read 57 books last year. But my best book was uh, John Adams by David hmm. McCullough. And I've already spent some time talking about it on my sabbatical podcast. Hmm. Um, John Adams is just one of my heroes now. Um, just a man of principle, a man who could stand against um, the world. Yeah. You know, they, they had a statement for Athanasius. It was Athanasius contra mundum, which when Athanasius was saying that he was standing on the incarnation, he was standing on the doctrine of, of who Jesus was, that he was both God and man, and everyone else of his day was uh, saying he wasn't, and, and Athanasius was like, no, I'm sticking to this. They said, Athanasius Condramundum, Athanasius against the world. Hmm. And John Adams was kind of like that. Mm -hmm. It was John Adams against the, the world. And we wouldn't have the country that we had. I'm going to say had <laughs> uh, if it wasn't for John Adams. Yeah. 
he was uh, a brilliant lawyer uh, and then statesman, Christian, uh, loyal husband, father. And so it's just, it, it, it seeps you in the history of early America. Mm-hmm. It, it, he was, you know, his parents were, and, and grandparents were early settlers and Puritans, and they'd been in our country like 300 years, you know, before the Declaration. So he was one of the ones um, signing the Declaration of Independence, one of the ones helping craft the Declaration. You know, he's good friends with Thomas Jefferson, kind of the antithesis of Jonathan, Jonathan uh, of, uh, who, what did I just say? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. geez, yeah. Thomas Jefferson. Yep. So they were, all, Thomas Jefferson was more liberal and more, you know, spirit of the, um, of what was going on in France at the time. And, and Adams was more, was more of a Puritan and just, I just loved it. Yeah. I loved it. So. Isn't it interesting that those two could relate to one another so well. So they were able to get work done, even though that they came from really a different perspective of how it was going to, how it was going to get done. I, I always found that relationship really uh, fascinating. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. So that was good. And then uh, the book that I read, the book that I've read more than any other book now in my life is um, Be Thou My Vision, A Liturgy for Daily Worship by Jonathan Gibson. I think it just came out maybe last year. And I have never been a devotional guy. I actually kind of hate devotionals. I think they're sappy, sentimental, cheesy, take two verses and then a mm-hmm. guy's opinion on them. And I've never found them beneficial <laughs> whatsoever. So I've always just read, read my Bible. This is the first resource that has actually revolutionized and changed my personal time with the Lord huh. because it goes through just um, kind of like a call to worship and then an adoration and then confession of sin and then mm. absolution. Mm. And then you read a little bit of the catechism and you go to the back and read the catechism and then you go to daily scripture and then you know, a prayer to help you re- get ready to read the scripture. And then you go and do your own scripture reading. And then there is uh, another season, the time of guided prayer after that. And it's a 30 day daily liturgy. And I've went through it. I mean, I probably went through it 12 times, at least 11 yeah. uh, this year. And yeah. I, I found it amazing. So if you're looking for, and again, it's not emotional. It's not sappy. It's mm-hmm. very similar to what we do on Sunday morning, but it's just 30, it's just 30 of those. So it just takes you through it. So I've, I just found it awesome for my, my time with the Lord. Uh, re- repeat the name title. Be and Thou My author. Vision, mm-hmm. and it's a liturgy for daily worship by Jonathan Gibson. Okay. Yep. And then um, probably my favorite. So I, I, I don't read very much fiction. Okay. I probably read five, maybe five, six fi- fiction books this year. Um, I don't read too much fiction. I'm always reading Lord of the Rings. But I don't read much fiction, so no fiction books made my list. If they did, it would probably be Dune. I read Dune this year. But but this is my favorite um, personal sanctification type of book that I read. And it was um, by Jim Wilson, How to Be Free from Bitterness. And other is the title is How to Be Free from Bitterness and Other Essays on Christian Relationships huh. by Jim Wilson. And you can find this on the Canon Plus app. Um, I got a little hard copy of it, though, and it just goes through a bunch of scriptures on the warnings and the dangers of bitterness. The Bible says, mm. be careful that a root of bitterness doesn't spring up, right? And, and it's just very practical. It's like, it's like a school of practical Christianity. Um, we're so tempted to get bitter mm-hmm. and to write people off because somebody hurts us. Maybe it's a spouse that hurts us over and over again, and we get bitter. 
this book was just kind of like water for my soul. And uh, I read it during my sabbatical, and it, it was really uh, a blessing and, and beneficial to me. And then the book that probably stoked me up more than anything else this year, I would say, is a book by Anthony Esselin. And he's a Catholic guy. He wrote a book called Out of the Ashes and Nostalgia that I've heard are good, but I haven't read those yet. And this book is called No Apologies, Why Civilization Depends on the Strength of Men. Hmm. And the back blurb says this, the miracle of culture and of civilization is the miracle of the transformation and redirection of masculine energy from the willful self to the team, the work crew, the school, and the army for the sake of the home and the women at the center of the home. And in the end, for the sake of the city and nation. So the whole, I mean, that, it was fascinating to me. He, he's basically saying, if you don't tell men, if you don't give them an outlet to work and to produce and to lead and to risk, if you don't give them this direction to build civilizations, then they will burn it down. Hmm. They have so, the testosterone that's going on in a man it is so powerful, the sexual energy that's going on in man, it is so powerful that if it's not directed towards, basically, it's got to be directed, it's, it's directed outward into the world, but for the sake of the woman and for the sake of the home. So here's the idea. If a man's sexual energy and his testosterone and all this creative ability isn't pointed towards one woman and building that home and then out into the world, building civilizations, building structures, building um, all the things that the world is you know, universities and businesses and all these entities out there, then his energy is going to be destructive. Mm -hmm. So he'll use that sexual energy with multiple women, create multiple offspring, literally bastard mm -hmm. children, right? And then they, those, those children will have, will have grow up in a broken home. Yeah. They'll be more prone to violence, more prone for, to criminal behavior, mm -hmm. more prone to antisocial behavior. They're going to start a destructive cycle. Yeah. And so where the world is telling us we need to focus more on, you know, egalitarianism or um, androgyny, like the sexes are, you know, we're basically the same and a woman can do everything a man can do and a man can do. Well, he's saying, no, that, that's foolish. And it's literally a theory that has never succeeded anywhere in the world. And if you want to build a, a, a virtuous society then you've got to have virtuous men doing virtuous work. And it's, and he makes the case, obviously, from, from history. Um, there's never been a successful civilization in the history of the world that hasn't been um, led by men who are out there taking the risks, right? Mm -hmm. You know, going out into the Bering Sea to, 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 cap, to catch the food, to bring home to provide for the family, right? And to sell to the, the community. And, and, and this risk-taking behavior is, is inherent in masculine DNA, mm. is, is, is basically the premise of the book. So the title is No Apologies. Yep. What's, why that title? Because he's saying that the world today it wants you to apologize for, for being a man. Uh, okay. Mm. And uh, even... The director, James Cameron, of the new Avatar movie, he said that testosterone is a poison that we should um, get out of, like, rid men of. Mm. So he, he believes that 
the reason society, the reason, so think about it. Ninety percent of jails are full of men. Or, yeah. You know, men make up ninety percent of, of of jails, right? Why? Well, a lot of it is that testosterone that's going on in our body that causes us to be risk takers, right? Sure. But we're meant to take risks on, you know, in career to to, to go out and, and and capture the frontier, right? Yep. To go out and start the new startup business, to to make a risky in, investment that could pay off really big, yep. right? And that's how society's got, you know, that's how our society got built. But if, if that energy is turned away from protecting the home and protecting your family, then it becomes a destructive force, yeah. right? And so where James Cameron said, well, we got to get rid of testosterone. <laughs> this guy's like, no, you need to direct masculine energy towards mm. virtuous ends. Okay. Sure. That's what you need to do. So I, I find it fascinating. Uh, how do you spell the last names if anybody wants to Anthony look that Anthony Esselin, E-S-O-L-E-N. Yeah. Uh, Catholic writer. I, I really appreciated it, and uh, I'll be picking up his uh, his other books as well. Heard Out of the Ashes especially is is really good. So cool. That's my uh, my top four. Sweet, a- Alex. What you got? <clears throat> All right. So I don't have any massive intro on some of these books, but I think they're just um, really solid books, and uh, they changed my life over the last over over the last year. And the first one was um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, oh. and that has been such a good book for for my soul. Um, and if you have been in community with us or, you know, are been around us, a lot of people are just like, man, the Tates are busy. They got a lot of going on, all the different things. So, like, I grabbed this book and it's just really been good for my soul. Um, like, they have, like, f- three parts. Um, the first part is the problem. The second part is the solution. And then the uh, third part is um, four practical ways to eliminate hurry. Was this so, by John Mark Comer? Uh, this is by... John Artberg. Oh, John Artberg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it? I, I don't know about that. I'm yeah. questioning him. I'm calling <laughs> him out right He's now. Sure. I'm pretty you sure. Move on. We'll look it right up. I'm pretty we sure. got Google. I'm pretty I'm sure. <laughs> Google him. Yes, sir. Google him. It is. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Who is it by? John Mark Comer. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Autocorrect. Autocorrect. Yeah. Autocorrect. 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 That's right. It's John Blass. He Googled it. He Googled it's it. It's a great book. I yeah, read it a few it's a good book. And it, and it slowed me down. And I mean, really has some great um, pieces in there of um, of scripture, just kind of like focusing on like what did what did Jesus's life look like? And, I, and a lot of times you never think about those no, things when right, you're um, right. living the everyday life of, you know, taking your kids to school, taking them to practice, um, you know, your devotion time, church, community, all the different things. And it's just like, what did Jesus do? Was Jesus was walking everywhere. Yeah. Jesus was <laughs> in the moment. And I think a lot yeah. of times, like we're never when we're at a place, a lot of times we're thinking about the next thing that sure. we gotta do instead of being in the moment with the people in the community that you're in. So that's good. That's the first one that I that I enjoyed. And then of course, um I, I went through all the C, uh, C. S. Lewis um books. Um there's there's eight of those. Do you wanna Google that? Yes, yes, yes. And of course, the best one for me was the screw tape letters, right? Uh, So we walked through that and we kind of did a uh, book review on that. And Justin was kind of walking us through that. But uh, of course, I wanted to see if it, you know, built up to the hype, right? So I grabbed the whole selection and walked through all those. And it's really good how uh, Warmwood tries to get you to, you know, fall into sin every single time. And a lot of times we think we're not in sin, but when you really evaluate your life, you're just like, oh, wow, that's, that's a sinful heart. That was, you know, why was I thinking that? Never go wrong that? With so, yeah. so it's really good. good. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Excellent. 
And uh, that's that's all I got for the the all best right. two there. You got any? Top do you two. have any goals? Any goals for the new year? <sighs> I mean, I have a lot of goals for the new year. I mean, reading <laughs> goals. Um, uh, for the uh, for this year. To be honest, like not really. I mean, there's a lot of time. Oh, I know his reading goals are what we've been working on, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. elder development. So, <laughs> yes. Elder so development. yeah. Of course, that is that's been like the main goal, and I've been kind of walking through some of those things with Rob, and it's been really good for my soul, just because of course I'm a uh, you know a processor by verbal processor, yeah, yeah, yeah verbal processor, and it's just been really good um, to kind of walk through some of those things with Rob. So it's yeah, been that's good. fun. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, so I'm I'm wrapping up a seminary program. So a lot of my reading over the last year has been spoken for. Um, took a two church history courses over yeah. the summer. And the books for those were Church History Volume 1 and 2. <laughs> um, and they're just... Hold like, on. <laughs> his seminary textbooks just made the top his top reading list. That's pretty amazing. This is pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm actually... Who's the author of the history books? Oh. Which, which ones are they? So uh, Volume 1 is Everett Ferguson. Mm. And Volume 2 is John D. Woodbridge. Okay. So I'm, I'm not a history guy. You know, I've, I've tried to get more into it. Obviously, history is super important. Um, need to need to understand it, right? I recognize that intellectually. And so these two books do a really great job of giving kind of a broad strokes survey of church history from um, basically from the resurrection to the present day. And so it's it's they've served as kind of a starting point for me. They really um, ignited my affections in a lot of ways, gave me kind of a hunger and like oh I, I didn't know about that I didn't know about that controversy that's really cool you know like the the modernist fundamentalist you know things yep. like that yep. um, and so those were really good if there's anybody who knows that they should know more about their church history where they come from and and how things have gotten as messy as they have those are I highly great. doubt anybody's gonna take you up on that boss maybe not but they could <laughs> how many pages is that uh, let's not talk about that yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're <laughs> massive hold on let's let's let's, let's get through let's get through here books. They're big books, right? They're they're not they're You're not. You're not a fast getting that read. on audiobook either. You might. It's a it's a time commitment, you know. <laughs> so you get out what you put in. Eight hundred and sixty-two pages for, for the, the first, first volume. For the first volume, <laughs> eight hundred pages for the first volume. Yes. And the next one right. looks well, so two hundred, three hundred. Significantly smaller book. It's only uh, <laughs> about one hundred and forty pages. It's a little book by a guy named Jay Adams. He was kind of the the grandfather of the biblical counseling movement. Yeah. And it's called Ready to Restore. It's an introductory guide to biblical counseling. And he just lays out, you know, there's a lot of um, counseling looks like this big, scary thing. And it kind of breaks down like, no, you know, every every Christian is a counselor, right? Um, we're all called to, to encourage, to admonish, to equip, to, to speak the truth in love. And so it was just um, a really helpful book for me just to think through I mean, obviously, I'm in the middle of counseling, um, but for having conversations with people, kind of bridging that um, in my own heart, the the temptation is to be super, um, super professional, right? And Adams is like, no, no, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this highbrow. And so that was a really good, uh, really good read for me. Another book that is massive. Um, was called Covenant Theology. It was written, I think, by the the um, Covenant Theological Seminary faculty, and so I, I kind of made a not not really a shift, um, but really dug into Covenant Theology this year and, and understanding it better. 
I didn't realize that O. Palmer Robinson had a significantly shorter book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until after I'd bought and read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that was a good, basically, master class in covenant theology. I definitely suggest the uh, Palmer Robertson book yeah. before that. That was a really <laughs> good read. Cool. Really helpful. Good. Cool. It's good. Yeah. Well, I think I just I don't really have any major goals this year. I don't have any. Um, there is I, I'm wanting to read more of Herman Bavink, um, mm-hmm. the theologian. Mm-hmm. I'm finding myself more and more at home in the uh, Dutch Reformed uh, tradition, mm-hmm. and so I'm reading I'm reading more of of that. I've read his uh, the wonderful works of God, and now I'm gonna I'm working through some of his uh, his systematic his systematic works, but. Um, I put I put down that I wanted to read seventy books this year. Um, again, I don't really care. That's not if I read because where do you get seventy? That's a lot. <laughs> well, because I, I fifty two books a year is what I do without trying. That's just mm. normal. Like I just if I'm just consistently reading in my normal pace, I read fifty two, and that and that was with a big chunk of the summer. Basically, for three months, all I read, you know, my sabbatical, all I read was City of God mm. um, because mm. it was a slog, right? It, yeah, was, yeah. it was a hard one to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think 70s do, I think 70 would challenge me, you know what I mean? Mm. 70 would challenge me, but I don't want to be reading comic books and then write, you know what I mean? I'm not doing it. I'm not, I don't really care about the number. Mm. I want to read good books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and C.S. Lewis has one of the best advice um, for people who are reading. Mm-hmm. He says, every time you read a new book, mm-hmm. let your next book be an old book. Yeah. Or, or, so let's, let me say it like this. Every time you read a living author, your next book should be a dead author. Yeah. Because most living authors share the same presuppositions. Mm-hmm. And dead authors don't because they're yeah. from a different generation. And so yeah. he, he says that it's the cool breeze of the centuries that mm-hmm. blows through our mind and our soul when we read yeah. dead, dead guys yeah. or gals. So I, I would say, challenge to people, hey, maybe your goal is to read some, read a few dead guys this yeah. year or dead gals yeah. <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, but I, I put it down at 70 just to challenge myself. Uh, I want to read some more of this Dutch Reformed and uh, continue to grow in, in uh, a few areas that, I've, that I want to shore up um, in my theology and in, in my life and practice. But mm. that's about it for goals for me. Yeah, my, my goal is not, it, it's a number of goals as well, but more importantly, I've decided to change the way I'm getting at it. And that is that I'm trying to make it the per- first part of my day. Mm-hmm. So, so my last year, what I tried to do is I said, oh, I'll, I'll, cause I enjoy reading. I thought I'll do that at the end of the day. I'll do kind of this hard, you know, get, get my work done. And then at the end of the day, you know, get my reading. Well, when I say end of the day, I mean by work day. And, uh, and I would find that many things would push it out of the way. And so yeah. I was getting frustrated by that. So now I'm starting my day with my reading goal. Um, I just read a number of pages per day. And yeah. that's so far successful. So that's what I'm trying to do to kind of make things happen a little bit better mm-hmm. this, this year. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you're, if you want to read, I think we've done a podcast called How to Read More Books. So if yeah. you want yep. to learn about that, hmm. go back and listen to that. Okay. Um, the simple answer is A, B, R. Always be reading. reading. That's sure. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so I have, I have, I start my day with books. Yeah. I'm listening to books in my truck. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to books when I work out. I'm, yeah. you know what I mean. I'm re- I read different genres. I read poetry. I read mm-hmm. fiction. I read theology, and my brain accepts it, like different things at different times of the day. So I, it's hard for me. 
in the morning, I read theology and it's the most exciting thing for me. I got a coffee in my hand, blah, blah, blah. I'm loving it. Yeah. That same book, if I try to read it at two o'clock in the afternoon, right. it will literally put me to sleep. Right. Yeah. Mm. I always read fiction before bed um, because I can just go to bed and I don't really like, I just don't like fiction that much. I want to like it better. Mm. Um, and that's why I'm reading more yeah. fiction. But for whatever reason, it just, it doesn't huh. trip my trigger, huh. you know? Um, mm. But I'm, I, I realize the importance of it and I'm, I'm doing it for, for, um, cause I'm trying to teach my kids to do it. So it's just ABR, always be reading, have books on your phone, have books on audiobook, have books by your table, have books by your bed, have mm -hmm. books in your truck. Mm. You, you bring books with you everywhere you go. So if yeah. you have to sit there and wait for five minutes, don't pick up your phone, pick up a book. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. it. That's it. So, but well, hopefully you picked up something from this podcast that'll help you grow and read more books in 2023. If you got any questions, please email me, justinine at sacredcitychurch.com. And I hope you know we love you, we're praying for you, and God bless.